Hello listeners, I'm Melissa Roach with Below the Radar, a knowledge democracy podcast. Below the Radar is recorded on the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. On this episode of Below the Radar, our host Amjo Hall is joined by Alessandra Pomarico, an artist and curator of different alternative residency programs. She's one of the founders of Free Home University and works with collectives around the world. In this episode, Am and Alessandra discuss the role of art in politics, collaborative art making during a pandemic, and the influences of Jean-Luc Nancy and the Zapatistas on her work. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to Below the Radar. Delighted that you could join us again uh, this week. We have a special guest, Alessandra Pomarico, who's joining us from, I believe, in Lecce, Italy, or somewhere in Italy at least. Uh, Welcome, Alessandra. Hello, everyone. Thank you. I'm very nice to be talking to you again. Yeah, it's been, uh, we haven't spoken in some time, but really great to reconnect you. I always enjoyed our uh, conversations and seeing what you're up to. Maybe we can begin with you introducing yourself a little bit. Okay, that's always art for me, you know. <laughs> and as I was trying to prepare myself, breathe a little bit, I had a very intense day and uh, it's been weeks actually that it's been very intense. I was just trying to picture myself with you in your house with the beautiful books in your shelves. And I was just trying to think, a a good glass of wine. So I will not uh, start to be anxious about talking. And uh, that that was a very good time. I I hope we can be in presence uh, with our bodies very soon and share space. So about me, um, okay, I am, what do you want to know? There is, uh, I'm uncomfortable going with the usual uh, (laughs) curriculum vitae or biography. Um, I try to avoid that. Who are you as a person and what do you do in the world? How about that? Yes. Okay. Me as a person, I, I feel I'm connected with so many other persons. Uh, as every one of us, uh, but uh, I think I'm especially moved by all those relations and the relations we all carry. And maybe one thing that I do, I kind of multiply occasions to multiply <laughs> those relations to host um, space for people to, to be together, think together, study, learn together and, uh, and share space and time in ways that are different than what we are usually functioning with. So I mostly create what we called um, autonomous space of learning. So place where we can live and learn together in a different way than what uh, the formal education system um, propose or, or um, suggests us to do. Although I've been for many years also part of that system, both uh, as a high school teacher of Italian literature and history, and then as a researcher in um, 
sociology of migration uh, at the university. But then I decided to to drop out <laughs> mm-hmm. and to create something on the side because I felt uh, very oppressive uh, to work within the framework of the, the formal institution. And similarly, I... I have a big dropout from the art system, although most of what I do is uh, with artists, involving artists, especially those who are politically engaged and socially engaged or or grounded in in an idea that art can be one of the tools that we can deploy to change the world and make it a better place. But similarly, I also kind of contest and uh, sometimes refuse or reclaim different space uh, outside of the, um, the art system, the art world that I also find very problematic. And of course, all these having to navigate both those worlds or those institutions of uh, knowledge production, those formal institutions, we are all um, implicated in that in a way or another. But so I guess, especially lately, my what I do is try to, to, to navigate the system to offer maybe a temporary alternative moments where we are suspended from the usual business, having also to survive in this world, sometimes trying to change those institutions from, from within and uh, but mostly against and beyond i would say but i admire very much people like you who i have witnessed being very um tenaciously and uh, even successfully changing this institution from within and making them um, more porous and inclusive and open spaces so I am all, all I've said doesn't exclude that I'm in a big O for those who do that work from within. Yeah, uh, Alessandra, um, I know that for many years you've been involved in a, a project called Free Home University. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about it. I, of course, have a fondness and interest of experimental uh, projects, things that function outside of universities and traditional systems, having been involved in various experimental educational um, projects in in different frames over the the years, but uh, hoping that you could share a little bit about what that project was and is today. Yes, thank you. Free Home University is uh, something that I started with, uh, again, a group of friends, comrades, uh, uh, artists, um, visionary policymakers, uh, farmers, uh, refugees, or people in the migration experience, uh, uh, farmers, uh, activists. Uh, We started in 2014. The idea was really to create a different space where we could learn from each other with our different stories and positions and uh, knowledges that uh, we have. And one of the tools was actually living together, literally under the same roof, in this hope that we could find this space-time where life, uh, uh, learning, process, studies, creative process could 
be embodied in the same time. Another desire in this project was also to be um, learning from and with the communities of struggles. That's why we connected with a group of organic uh, farmers and land protectors, group of people in the, in the refugee struggles, LGBTQI activists, uh, because we, we were really trying to find ways in which we could share our struggles and, and support the learning across different experiences. And we try to work with uh, within a frame of horizontality. So very often the, the sessions were emerging from uh, whatever the group uh, needed to work through and um, listening to what were the, the, the urgencies in the room. This, uh, in, it's been a very long process. Uh, so every year has been different. We also work with the, um, a spectrum of different Medias from uh, sound, film, uh, discursive practice, dance, and theater. And lately, we made a collective book and uh, radio and uh, a, a number of medias that have allowed different processes to deploy. Because, in a way, this is a, a meta pedagogical and artistic uh, project at the same time. But most of all, it's been really an experiment in uh, living together in commoning and in uh, also um, using art as a tool to, to, to leverage and come together with communities that we feel uh, need support and need uh, to find ways also to self-represent their struggles and very often art is a tool that can be used in that way and uh, yeah I mean uh, we also build together especially listening to the, um, the farmers this group Casa dell'Agricoltura which is a collective that exactly since the same time as we started started an incredible process of community building in their village we moved in with them and uh, together with them we, we supported a number of processes which also was about building together building with material that uh, were um, created during the agriculture work exploring the possibility for them to have a flock of sheep so we started also many visits many kind of living cartographies with the community in this area and uh, lately we have been working a lot on um, feminist pe pedagogies we just actually concluded a residency with um, theories theory, uh, political theorist and decolonial feminist activist Françoise Vergès and a group of 25 uh, women that uh, work um, and are activists in this uh, in this practice and in this discourse, which is continuing a work that we started also with Silvia Federici around uh, social reproduction and uh, violence on the body of women and uh, and the territory and the land. So Friom has multiple line of inquiries, uh, multiple researcher and artists and community members that uh, that share their knowledge 
knowledge and their tool. And uh, it's been really an ongoing, uh, uh, incredible journey where I had the chance to learn and meet uh, extraordinary contributors. And we hope this can continue. It was actually, I, I may uh, add that because uh, since uh, we, you are calling from Vancouver, the project was supported by a Canadian foundation, the Musagetes Foundation from Guelph, which uh, have uh, often are surprised a lot of the people that follow us, how possible that a Canadian foundation is interested in something happening in the south of Italy, in a rather small and peripheral <laughs> small city or even smallest villages or peripheries. Uh, but I guess... Um, yeah, Musagetes was interested, and uh, and it was a very wonderful and enriching uh, relationship. I think uh, for both of us, mutually developed. They also were actively informing and designing the the processes and the sessions with us, especially curator Elwood Jimmy, uh, really helped so much, and we were lucky to to learn from the indigenous perspective, uh, introducing also the aspect of ceremonies and the protocol of sharing, uh, which often we are lacking in the West. And um, we suffer from that. And we also need to repair those uh, those wounds and those uh, fragmentation that often emerge when you work in groups. You can really see how we are not used to be together in a collective way, to work together horizontally, to to really decenter and delink ourselves from exploitative way, even among ourselves, or or mode of production that are you know exhausting, or modes of using the time in a way that is uh, always. Uh, how to say, trying to to make, uh, you know, trying to fill up the time. Uh, With this project, we also learned a lot uh, to slow down and to focus on the convivial aspect of learning. We we cook a lot, we dance, we play music, we visit a lot of uh, wandering and um, drifting. So it's a lot of unlearning. Yeah, when when I listen to you speak about your work, and and I've been thinking about you a, a lot because I've been working on a a writing project with my my friend and collaborator Matt um, around uh, friendship and community and solidarity and the kind of porousness of these things. Um, uh, you know, what brings people together, what drives them apart, and the contingencies. Uh, involved in, in particularly in this, you know, very disorienting pandemic moment that has put all these questions back on the the table in terms of ways of working, of being together, of bodies and space. Um, in the various projects that you're involved in, it feels like you're um, situated in a very interesting way because you were already working in that way, already thinking through. Um, these questions, and I'm wondering how uh, the pandemic moment and it's the way it scrambled these things of what are the kinds of things that um, have made you think differently or um, how you've tried to approach 
this moment in terms of thinking through uh, these questions of politics and the body of friendship and, and solidarity. Yes, this is. Uh, thank you for for this comment and prompting this question. Um, well, on a very personal level, I have to say uh, that because we have been immersed and emerged in this process since so long with various collective, because Friomi University is uh, just one of the space that I inhabit. Another one is the Ecoversity Alliance that work, for example, on a more global uh, and especially what's what we may call the um, global south context um, where also the the the, um, the pedagogy was a pedagogy of uh, encounters of sharing uh, uh, meeting and gathering uh, global gathering regional gathering uh, and so on uh, or other spaces, uh, I think of 16 Beaver in New York, uh, where I'm based, uh, or other collective that I've been uh, part of. Um, what, what was very evident in this moment of crisis and also disorienting, uh, um, daring uh, time was to feel the presence of all these people and to see how much the work we have been done in this type of direction really held us together. And I say this really from an emotional point of view, from an intellectual point of view, from a material point of view of solidarity and mutual aid. It was amazing how we got together despite uh, uh, the suspiciousness about uh, the various media that we are forced to use and, uh, and all resistance in this kind of tyranny of the screen and uh, which we all know how tiring it is also on the level of energy but really some incredible uh, incredible processes also started in within the ecoversity alliance we started something called learning with covid a series of conversation debates with uh, the friends and comrades of 16 Beavers. There was this other space that is being created, which is called the, the um, France, uh, the Society of the France of the Virus. And with them, we started assembling every Sunday uh, since the beginning of the lockdown. And we still do. We just... Uh, Yesterday commemorated the departure of um, Jean-Luc Nancy, and uh, yes, we we have been also organizing various processes whenever there is something we need to reflect on, as with the uh, anniversary of uh, Fukushima and, and other moments that remind us or, or orient our inquiries and uh, investigation where, where we need to basically be with each other and talk through this moment uh, together. So this was really, uh, for me, very strong to see this group coming together in another form, which is not our preferred form, and still finding ways that can keep that affect, that can keep the body, for example, a whole group of healing through distance was created through another friend who is offering 
healing in the way she does uh, tapping with the Tom Rang method, etc., or other friends uh, coming together to dance, etc., holding this moment of conference and of uh, yeah assemblies, basically trying to find a way. And we have um, also tried to to connect differently than from the video and the Zoom. For example, this is when uh, the radio, we, we had this idea to start a radio. It's called uh, Firefly Frequencies. And uh, it's a radio online, fireflyfrequencies.org. And so there too, a cohort of uh, editors uh, have been coming together. We have received 90 um, and more podcasts. And I hope um, I can, I can propose your wonderful podcast also there. Uh, it's again a radio that we could start with the support of the Ecoversity Alliance. So we hope to have it more and more notes and people offering uh, uh, sound objects, not only podcasts, music, sound objects, readings uh, in many different languages and from different geographies. So the radio, this idea to connect more with the sound uh, and with the encouraging a listening, a deep listening was one way. The assembly was another way. And to work within, um, yeah, in solidarity was another way to really try to, to, to bring our help where it was possible. And strangely enough, I, I happen to do that more with people who are far away from me than those with whom I was in the moment of the lockdown in New York. And there is something to think about that, how maybe this uh, megalopolis in which we live really <laughs> uh, separate us to such a level, despite I'm, I'm very present in my neighbors and there are communities that I belong to, but that was hard. I think the only moment we had for was for the women's strike on March 8th where we finally decide to come together. But uh, there people was more more afraid, I think, and, uh, yeah, anxious. Uh, I feel in Italy, uh, despite Italy was hit so hard, uh, people have a different sociability mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe we can gather more in the open air and, and, and reconnect through nature, which brings, yeah, another form of healing that in the city is really hard to, to, to feel. I, I'm really glad you brought up uh, Jean-Luc Nancy because he's such an important um, thinker on uh, friendship and community. And um, I saw his um, really interesting exchange with a Gumbin <laughs> around the coronavirus. And yes. um, uh, wondering if you could speak a little bit to um, how Jean-Luc Nancy has affected your own uh, work or or did you have a a long-term conversation with him or his work? Well, he was actually part of these um, assemblies, the very first one that we call. And it's a pity that, um, I mean, it's uh, both him and David Graeber were part of the the first iteration of this uh, Sunday, Sunday gathering. And yeah, I mean, of course, uh, those are 
people and thinking and uh, discourses and examples that have um, been informing uh, our ways of doing and that um, with whom we have established our own internal dialogue and we were so lucky to be in presence for the time being. Communism, of course, and the idea of comradeship, it's certainly a dimension of that. Uh, yes, comradeship based on friendship and what that means in a kind of unconditional way to be comrade and to, to share struggles where we can also maybe sometimes disagree, but we keep we keep building together and and um, and also this uh, possibility to 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 think and feel ourselves always in a sort of relational and um, reciprocal possibilities i think this is uh, so important because again being uh, socialized and and instructed in kind of modern thinking uh, where there is always these binaries, this separation from the self and, and, and the other, from uh, nature and culture, and from the human and the non-human. This type of thinking, I think, repaired and created always in a, in a Western uh, declination, uh, the possibility to think uh, the subject in relation with the larger subject, like to, to, uh, to expand and multiply it and create uh, collective subjectivity. This is uh, mm -hmm. the part that I'm most uh, interested and fascinated. And um, yeah, it's, it's an exercise and uh, it's an exercise of the mind as well as an exercise of the heart and the ends. And, um, yeah, I think uh, through writing and just uh, recent, just exactly for this kind of memorial, someone was reading a passage of um, Jean-Luc speaking about love, and it was really amazing. Um, love as in um, the romantic love, because it touched about also the transformation that that creates in our mind, in our spirit, and love as uh, a larger love, a love that we need uh, to move and to, to incorporate and to, to be able to receive an offer as, as really a motor of life, as a way to, to defend life and, and to, to continue life. Uh, you know, there's been a few times in the last uh, few months without, you know, we had a entire town uh, burned down with the forest fires here in in BC, uh, you know, international events, the climate emergency. Uh, it's, it's moments, it feels like we're living through the beginning of the end of the world or something like this. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, in uh, these projects of horizontality, these experiments in new forms of, of solidarity, this refusal to be enemies uh, to create something new uh, together. Um, what are, in, in the ways in the projects that you're working, uh, what is it that the artistic and aesthetic intervention can do that other forms of political organizing 
in and of themselves um, don't get to? What is this a space that you work in, I guess, is the question of what motivates you inside of that way of working? Um, yeah, we often say that uh, we don't want just to say to stay in a space of resistance, so only to situate ourselves against something because that's very consuming and for whoever has experience or is part of uh, activist um, circles, we all know uh, this sort of burnt out and, and kind of uh, energy that that take also to be always in this perspective of being against, of, against an enemy which certainly exists. And uh, so it, these are space of uh, revoking, um, but also reclaiming different ways of being, different ways of relating, different ways of knowing. I love very much how friends and, and, and scholars and, and poets in the in the Abia Yala in Latin America speak of re-existence, merging the word resistance, separating it and proposing this idea of re-existing. Resisting through a different way of existing, through a different paradigm. And, uh, and as you said, rightly so, the sensation we are really under these ruins that keep crumbling and that, uh, you know, the, the, the capitalist Hydra, as the Zapatistas call it, you know, these monsters with many, many heads uh, that reproduce as soon one is cut, another come down. I feel we are really somehow witnessing that and uh, and we all know and feel that this process would be very violent and uh, extremely especially on those who are already uh, in this uh, low intensity war and those who are more exposed to the ecological catastrophe which is now <laughs> touching all of our lands in any case, art, how art can be a tool. Art is, is really a tool to, to think and question about all this, yet with the possibility of proposing another type of relationship. And not only because art is, I think art is it's in the realm of spiritual, of spirituality, of spiritual activities and can help us feel the sublime, even the sublime of the challenges and the, and the struggles. And um, art is also something that can produce hope, which is a dimension that I feel is necessary, even if we are very lucid and rational about, you know, the, 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 the catastrophe. But uh, it's important to still hold hope and, and to still try to, to imagine peace rather than keep staying in the, in the war, in the war framework. No, also the virus, also for the virus, it became immediately a war. So art is, is not an escape. Art for me is a political tool. But it's different than the politics that can happen in purely activist space, although they are fundamental and very important. Because I think maybe there is more joy 
also, I mean, I know this is another thing you are interested in, in, in seeking and searching and providing, you know, the, the militant potency of joy this is something very important. Otherwise, it's really, it becomes really impossible work. So I think art is a space that provide that, provide a possibility for a deeper connection, something that goes even you know, uh, beyond only cerebral and, and mental intellectual activities, really something that can connect our souls. And, you know, this is the power of poetry, of painting. And, but also, you know, I'm often, at least with the artists I, I love to work with, there is almost no more a separation in between art and life. And uh, yes, of course, we use uh, certain tools or media, you know, we, we make films or we make, or we use painting or, or we write, um, but it's really a, a way of living. And uh, yeah. Uh, Alessandra, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about some um, sort of projects and things that you're going to be working on in the in the future. Yes, I am. Well, right now, like tomorrow, I'm flying to Torino, where we are. We are. Um, we hosted our first uh, real free home university exhibition because two. Years ago, just before, uh, in 2019, our last uh, session of Free Home, together with the farmers of uh, Casa delle Agricolture and France in the, in the refugee struggles and young activists, we hosted the, the uh, Russian collective Stodelat which works often with uh, films and theater. And with them, we did uh, a learning film, which is called People of um, Flower, Salt and Water. So the um, Torino Parco di Arte Vivente Museum is uh, is been screening uh, this film, and they ask us also as part of uh, an exhibition called... Um, uh, sustaining assembly if uh, we wanted to install something. So we brought uh, some of the material to, to situate our processual work. So both material from what we have done with this community of farmers and uh, land protectors, their seeds uh, and uh, banners and flags that we have done with, um, with our friends in the refugee struggles and with Babi Badalov, who is a visual artist and poetry, poet, uh, visual poetry artist, who is also himself a refugee from Azerbaijan, living in Paris. So we brought uh, elements and traces for our, from our processes. And so in the next two days, I will meet um, groups of um, friends in displaced community that are starting a nomadic school. So they invited me to, to visit them and uh, we will discuss together, we will share our experience around this idea of uh, grassroots and, and diffused forms of learning. I'm really excited. And um, also I will meet uh, communities of uh, 
different able uh, friends who have used the film and um, the stories of um, Subcomandante Marcos because the film is also uh, taking the lens of um, Zapatismo beyond Chapas. We use uh, Zapatismo and Marcos fables in a lot of our processes, especially with um, certain community struggles. We, we find it's a great uh, icebreaker to use the 13 demands of Zapatistas. And, uh, and their incredible poetic and political um, process of autonomy, one of um, the only resisting <laughs> revolutions that are still going on. And actually, uh, the, the next uh, big uh, project will be exactly with them, because as you might know, uh, there was a Zapatista Squadron that reversed the traveling, the, co the colonizer journey and took the ocean on a boat called the mountain, La Montagna, to visit Europe. And uh, when the Zapatista community announced this trip exactly in the middle of pandemia, of the pandemia, and uh, after another long period of silence, it was, it was really kind of shocking and, uh, but it immediately created a momentum. And, uh, in Europe, a lot of the movements have been uh, influenced by the, the Zapatista imaginary in a very, in a very deep way. Many social centers here have been part of the caravan in Mexico. They have been funded uh, schools or projects or botanical garden with them. So, um, it's an, ongoing uh, friendship and solidarity and thinking with Zapatista. So we got all very excited about that. And I'm being part of different assemblies of different groups that will host here locally in Italy, the second squadron that will arrive from the sky. They're still working on their visa and their passport and their COVID uh, procedures, etc. But in Madrid, where the first seven people arrived, uh, there is a, a convergence. And we are having uh, a Zapatista forum together with the Institute of Radical uh, Imagination and uh, various other Decoversity Alliance and various other co-activators of the space, which will include a film festival of indigenous and Zapatistas filmmakers, an exhibition, and a space of learning. And I'm actually activating this pedagogical part, creating a Zapatista coffee hours every day open to whoever wants to come, and then hosting process both on Zoom with the larger network of uh, uh, alternative uh, forms of learning and with those in Madrid. And uh, yes, we are launching our book, which is actually one episode, one the first movement of a longer book. Another thing that we did during the pandemic was to to write together and to commission um, essays and text. Uh, the book is called uh, uh, "When the Roots Start Moving." 
And originally we were investigating this question of uh, belonging and displacement in a very broad way. And we discovered that one part, uh, one form of belonging for us is belonging to the Zapatista. Somehow it's a sort of um, homecoming for many of us. And uh, so when we uh, when we got the news that the Zapatista were visiting Europe, as we had in this book a couple of chapters dedicated to our artistic process in resonance with Zapatismo, we decided to expand that. And it became this volume where we asked, uh, it became the first movement, uh, which is called uh, To Navigate Backward, uh, Resonating with Zapatismo. And there are different essays uh, of people um, yeah, analyzing, investigating, responding to Zapatismo in different communities and beyond Chiapas, and a lot of artistic work that has been inspired by the Zapatismo, a few beautiful interviews that we have with uh, uh, Subcomandante Moises, which we met uh, in the Caracol a few years back, because this is an ongoing uh, kind of artistic research around Zapatismo that Stodelat Group uh, has been doing and that I've been also following uh, in their various visits. So this is very exciting and uh, has been uh, part of uh, what I put my heart and spirit in lately. Mm-hmm. I, I love the line from the Zapatistas about everything, everything for everyone, nothing for us. This is like yes, a great yes. solidaristic. That's ball. one of their yeah. wonderful motto. <laughs> as um, yeah. Yeah, the language yeah. and their art is so inspiring. And I guess it's also because they are, you know, it's not only, I mean, there is this incredible synergistic uh, um, mobilization of both uh, a leftist tradition and uh, the indigenous cosmovision and cosmopolitics. Uh, and I think it's uh, one of the most uh, interesting and inspiring uh, <laughs> set of actions and um, and yes in the in the path of autonomy they are they have now 47 autonomous uh, territories that they manage in mm-hmm. not bad Alexandra, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so wonderful to speak with you I love your use of uh, language. It's so um, poetic and uh, I could just listen to you all night. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on uh, Below the Radar. Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, it's, I'm glad, I'm glad you say that because it's pretty late for me. And uh, yeah, it's been long days. So I'm glad what to say. I really can't wait uh, to come and visit Vancouver and visit you. As I said, uh, you are one of the most uh, inspiring uh, um, activator as well. And I, I remember the work we, we did together using theater and, uh, and using the space you have opened up inside the university as one of the most uh, inspiring uh, moments. And 
what to say. Let's be in touch. Let's find more ways to collaborate because, yes, I, I also was missing your voice a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I hope you. we can find ways to be in touch. For example, yeah, sharing uh, maybe this podcast. Feel free to, to also see what we are doing at our radio and yeah. maybe take some from us as we take some from you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on Below the Radar, Alessandra. Send my love to everyone in Vancouver. <laughs> Absolutely. All our common friends and Matt that you you <laughs> mentioned before is definitely someone I have carefully read and studied and I had the chance to to meet with you. So thank you for being always this bridge. <laughs> Below the Radar is a Knowledge Democracy podcast created by SFU's Van City Office of Community Engagement. This has been our conversation with Alessandra Pimarico. Head to the links in the show notes to learn more about her work. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Below the Radar.